Can't sleep? Don't want to sleep? Afraid to sleep? Are the windows closed? Are your doors locked? Did you check your closet? And under your bed? Maybe you should keep a light on in the hallway, just in case. Now settle in. Make yourself comfortable. Lay back. Close your eyes. And let me tell you a story. We all know the story of Little Red Riding Hood. A young girl recklessly traverses the dangerous woods, enticing a wolf by telling him there's a tasty old lady living alone, ripe for the picking. And when he does what wolves do, she teams up with a huntsman to not just rescue Grandma, but fill him with rocks and toss him into a well. Honestly, who's the animal in the story? And more to the point, how would that story be told today? Ruby Ruby loved her grandmother, but sometimes the old lady could be a royal pain. In retrospect, it was a mistake to give Grandma her cell phone number. She had a knack for calling at the most inopportune moments, like while Ruby was juggling bags of groceries and trying to unlock her apartment door, or in the middle of a staff meeting at work, or her personal favorite, when she was indulging in a well-deserved bubble bath at the end of a long day. She knew Grandma wasn't doing it on purpose. Old ladies lived in their own time zone, seemingly unaware of the world around them. Sometimes Ruby was tempted to let the call go to voicemail, but Grandma hadn't quite mastered the concept that she wasn't actually talking to her granddaughter. The messages were often long, rambling, sometimes incoherent stories about one friend or another. And when Ruby didn't answer her, she'd call back and repeat the whole thing. At first, Ruby thought introducing Grandma to technology would remedy the situation. If she could send text messages or emails, perhaps Ruby could more easily manage her grandmother's many demands. But doing so only unleashed a digital monster. Ruby would pick up her phone to discover that Grandma had left her 20 text messages and the 21st would say, Never mind. Ever since Ruby's mother had passed away, she felt responsible for her grandmother. She was an only child, as had been her mother. So it was just her and Grandma now. Ruby didn't really mind catering to the polite yet constant requests, but she drew the line at running out to the store each and every time her grandmother needed half a dozen eggs, a single can of soup, or an onion. Instead, she told Grandma that she would make a list and make a single shopping trip at the end of the week. That way, Ruby would bring everything all at once, and the two of them would have dinner together. On one of those Friday nights, Grandma mentioned that her friend, Sadie, told her she should get the Facebook. Grandma had a tendency to add the word the to the beginning of anything she didn't understand. It's just Facebook, Grandma, and you don't have a computer. I don't? No, remember I offered to give you my old laptop, but you said you'd never figure it out. Did I? Well, that doesn't sound right. If Sadie can figure it out, I certainly can. Sadie's as dim as a new moon. Do you want me to bring my old laptop over? Is that a computer? Yes. 
Then yes, that would be nice, dear. Please add it to my list. Grandma took to Facebook like a seagull to french fries. Ruby had to install ad blocking software because she had a tendency to add every little gadget she saw on her feed to her ongoing list of things for Ruby to bring her. Grandma's favorite part was the videos, which she called the funny little TV shows. Ruby made a mental note to not tell Grandma about YouTube. One day, Grandma accidentally went viral. Sadie posted something she disagreed with, and Grandma replied with an equally opinionated tirade. She was shocked to learn that everyone on the Facebook could see her message to Sadie. She thought it was like the texting messages she sent to Ruby. Hundreds of people wanted to be her friend, and she said yes to every one of them, which then flooded her timeline with all sorts of what Grandma described as hippies. Ruby showed her how she could unfriend the random people she had accepted invitations from, but Grandma thought that unfriending sounded mean, and she couldn't bring herself to do that to those people, even the hippies. As it turned out, however, the more time Grandma spent on the Facebook, the less frequent were the texting messages. Ruby finally had achieved a sort of balance between wanting to make sure Grandma was taken care of and having her own life. The list this week wasn't too bad. Mostly groceries with a side trip to the store that sold the scented soaps Grandma liked and the bakery for a loaf of marble rye. Grandma lived only a mile away from Ruby, so if the weather was nice, she usually walked. It was a bit chilly, so she wore her red hoodie as she carried a large wicker bag to hold all of Grandma's goodies. She was approaching the Chinese restaurant to pick up dinner when a vaguely familiar voice called out to her. Ruby? Ruby Johnson? Is that you? She turned around, and running to catch up to her was a chubby, prematurely balding man with an unkempt beard wearing thick, lensed glasses. It is. It is you. My goodness, you haven't changed a bit, he said in a high-pitched nasal voice. She looked at him for a long moment, trying to recall where she might know him from, but came up blank. It's me, Danny. Danny Wolfenstein, from high school. It sounded familiar. She tried to picture him with hair and without the beard. I sat behind you in homeroom for four years. We were in the computer club together. I asked you to the prom, remember? You pretended you would go with me, then stood me up. I pretty much haven't talked to a girl since. But here you are. I get a second chance. Ruby vaguely remembered the teenage Danny Wolfenstein but didn't recall him asking her out. I'm too old to go to a prom. Danny laughed. No, I don't mean a second chance to go to the prom. Let me buy you dinner. We can catch up. I think you owe me, he added ominously. Ruby caught a sinister glint in his eyes. Owe you? she asked. Well, you were rather mean to me. Not necessarily so. I mean brutally cruel. The queen of mean. We were kids, she replied dismissively. Yeah, I get it, but now we're adults. You have a chance to get to know me as a person instead of just the butt of your jokes. Let me take you out. I'm just on my way to pick up Chinese. I'm having dinner with my grandmother. Oh, where does she live? Just across the street, Ruby replied, before realizing she just told the trollish little man who confessed to having a crush on her in high school where her grandmother resided.
Well, maybe another time. Maybe, Ruby said, again without thinking. Her response caused Danny to light up with hope. I look forward to it, milady. He bowed to her with an awkward flourish and nearly fell over. Ruby decided wisely not to say anything else and proceeded to pick up her takeout order. The following week, Ruby filled up her bag with the goodies from her list, stopping at the deli on the corner near Grandma's apartment for their dinner. She kept an eye out for Danny, hoping to avoid running into him again. Fortunately, the poorly groomed nerd was nowhere to be seen. She took the elevator up to Grandma's floor. Her apartment was at the end of the hall, which was nice since she only had a neighbor on one side, and that residence had been vacant for months. But as Ruby approached, the door to the apartment she thought was empty opened. Hello, Ruby. Fancy meeting you here. It was Danny. What are you doing? Did you follow me? No, I live here. Since when? Almost a week now. Why would you move in next door to my grandmother? Danny acted surprised, poking his head out and looking toward the end of the hallway. Beatrice is your grandmother? What a coincidence. Yeah, right. We should all get together sometime. You stay away from Grandma Wolfenstein. Why the hostility, Ruby? I'm not going out with you. Oh, well, okay. Have a pleasant visit with Grandma, he said, then retreated into his apartment. Ruby composed herself, then walked down to Grandma's door and knocked. Coming, Grandma shouted from inside. A moment later, she unlocked and opened the door. Ruby, come in, dear. Is that chicken noodle soup I smell? Ruby entered, making sure to close and lock the door behind her. Is something wrong, dear? You look distressed. I just ran into someone I used to know. Have you met your new neighbor? She asked. Oh, yes, Daniel. Such a nice boy. Ruby couldn't help thinking that was exactly how people described the serial killer they lived next door to for years upon finding out he had a habit of killing young girls and burying them in his basement. Stay away from him. Why? I don't trust him. Just promise me. He's not as nice as you think he is. Well, okay, but I really don't understand. Do it for me, Grandma. Grandma looked at Ruby. She seemed genuinely distraught, frightened even. Okay, dear. Good, Ruby said, relieved. Now let's eat. I'm starving. It was Wednesday before Ruby realized why she was having such a pleasant week. Her almost hourly missives from Grandma had diminished to just a few a day, and she hadn't heard from her at all since the previous afternoon. Perhaps she was finally grasping that she didn't need to send a continuous stream of texts at all hours, or maybe she had fallen down an online rabbit hole via some post by one of her hippie friends on the Facebook. Regardless, it was a welcome change. On Friday, there were only a few items Grandma had requested. Some personal things from the drugstore. Ruby picked up some Italian food from a nearby bistro and made her way to Grandma's apartment. Ruby walked cautiously and quietly past Danny's door, ducking down as she passed the peephole in case he was keeping an eye out for her. But either he didn't see her or had given up on trying to insert himself into her life. She knocked on Grandma's door. Coming, Grandma said, 
in an unusually cheery tone as she unlocked and opened the door. Right on time, as always. Of course, Grandma. Why are you acting so strange? Ruby asked. Am I? You're practically giddy, Ruby replied. Can I tell you a secret? Grandma asked in a whisper. Of course. What is it? I'm in love, she said, enormously pleased with herself. In love? Ruby asked. With whom? Grandma took one of Ruby's hands into her own and started leading her into the kitchen. He's here right now. Let me introduce you. They walked through the narrow door separating the kitchen and dining area from the rest of the apartment, and there, sitting at Grandma's table, was Danny Wolfenstein. You, Ruby said accusingly. Beatrice, you didn't tell me you had a sister. Grandma giggled. Oh, you're terrible, Daniel. This is a joke, right? You two are playing a joke on me. What do you mean, dear? Grandma asked. It was kismet, Danny said, smiling. How? Well, Grandma began as she sat down next to Danny. I was having such a time with the laundry machines downstairs. When was that sugar plum? Saturday, Danny answered. That's right. Well, Daniel was kind enough to help me out. I'm good with machines, he explained. So I invited him in for tea. We talked for hours, Danny continued. And then I ran out of milk, and I was going to send you the texting message to ask you to add it to my list, when Daniel offered to fetch me some. It's the least I could do after enjoying the company of such an enchanting woman. Grandma, can I have a word with you in the living room? Ruby, if you have something to say, you can say it in front of Daniel. It's okay, Beatrice. I'll be right here. I'm sure this is all quite a lot for Ruby to take in. You two go talk. All right, Grandma said reluctantly, shooting Ruby a disapproving look. She got up from the table and followed her granddaughter into the living room. Ruby stood as far away from the kitchen as she possibly could and spoke in a low voice. Grandma, don't you remember last week when you promised me you would stay away from your neighbor? I did? Well, you couldn't possibly have been talking about Daniel. He's fifty years younger than you. Well, yes, but as he keeps reminding me, age is just a number. He's up to something. Don't be silly, Ruby. He's a very nice man, and he's been very good to me. He makes me feel so... Ruby screwed up her face in disgust. Grandma, don't tell me you two have been... Been what, dear? She searched her memory for a euphemism her grandmother would understand. Making whoopee. Oh, goodness, no! You young people today think everything is about sex. Well, he is a young person. But an old soul, Grandma said wistfully. I don't trust him. Then it's a good thing he's not your boyfriend. Now come, let's eat dinner before it gets cold. Ruby hardly touched her cheese ravioli. The sight of Grandma and Danny cooing over each other spoiled her appetite. When they were done eating, Ruby stuck around, not wanting to leave the two of them alone. Finally, Grandma announced it was past her bedtime, and she bid goodnight to her guests. Once they were in the hallway, Ruby grabbed Danny by the collar and threw him up against the wall, twisting the fabric of his shirt until it choked his fat neck. What are you up to, Wolfenstein? 
She doesn't have any money. What are you talking about, Ruby? Danny gasped. We like each other. And it's not like I have any other prospects, he added with an uncomfortable grin. Ruby let him go. What's it going to take for you to leave her alone? Danny smiled. This was obviously his plan all along. To put Ruby into a position where she would have to accede to his sick, twisted wishes. He shrugged casually. A date? You and me? All I ask is that you keep an open mind. I mean, if your grandmother likes me, I can't be all bad, can I? Ruby firmly believed that yes, he could be all bad, but considered her options. One date? Yes, one date. And you'll break up with Grandma? I'll let her down gently. An old flame has come back into my life. Nothing too far from the truth. And that's it. I go out with you, you break up with Grandma, and this is all over. That's all I ever wanted. Ruby let out a long, regretful sigh. All right. Tomorrow night. Shall I pick you up? No, I'll meet you here. It was bad enough he lived next door to Grandma. She didn't want him knowing where she lived as well. Oh, and you move out, too, or no deal. I took a month-to-month -month lease. I won't renew it. Ruby shook her head, knowing in her gut that she was going to regret this, but saw no other way out. Danny actually took her to a fairly nice place. The cheapest menu item was $40, but Ruby selected a surf and turf combo that topped $200 plus a caviar appetizer and a hundred-dollar bottle of wine. Danny didn't bat an eye. He ordered a calamari pasta dish for himself and added the truffle bruschetta to their selection of appetizers. Truth be told, he cleaned up better than she expected. He had gotten a haircut and trimmed his beard down to a manageable length, and instead of a baggy sweater, he wore a silk shirt and tie with respectable slacks and a blazer. He couldn't stop smiling. My, what bright teeth you have, Ruby remarked. Yes, I just had them whitened, he said. I also got my back waxed, he added, wriggling an eyebrow suggestively. Ruby almost threw up in her mouth. She changed the subject. How is it you can afford a place like this? Did you inherit a big pile of money from a rich uncle or something? The waiter brought their entrees and set them on the table. Ruby dug into her steak and lobster while Danny answered her question. I'm a tech entrepreneur, he replied. I own my own business. It's doing quite well. Really? What is it? I manufacture custom artificial affection surrogates. You make what? Ruby asked. Legally, it's a medical device. Don't ask me why. I pay a lot of lawyers a lot of money to figure all that stuff out. A medical device? What does it treat? Depression. Usually brought on by loneliness. Ruby was no closer to understanding what Danny was talking about. What kind of medical device can relieve depression? Don't you need drugs for that? It's always better to treat the underlying cause. You see, there is a plague on our society. Women, like yourself, all tend to flock to a very small percentage of men. You want that top 10% of the male population that ticks all the boxes and won't settle for anything less. And of course, that 10% of men are happy to oblige. Some women don't even mind that they're effectively part of a harem. Ruby had to concede Danny's analysis was on the mark. All the guys she dated turned out to be philandering pigs. 
though rich, good-looking philandering pigs. This has created a class of men with the unfortunate label of involuntarily celibate, or incel. Ruby had heard the term, mostly in the context of angry loners who shot up schools and shopping malls. All they need is someone to acknowledge they exist, someone they can turn to when they've had a rough day, someone who can give them pleasure if they so desire. Someone? I thought you were talking about a medical device, Ruby interjected. Can't they be one and the same? Danny asked. Then she put it all together. You make sex dolls. Oh, goodness, no, Danny protested. There's so much more than that. My surrogates are not just passive receptacles. I use the latest in robotics to make them fully autonomous and artificial intelligence to imbue them with personalities. They listen to their owner's problems and offer constructive advice. Yeah, I'm sure that's the biggest selling point. True, the physical aspect is important as well, but my surrogates can offer true companionship. Some even consider it a relationship. That sounds really twisted, Ruby said. I think you'd change your mind if you saw one. I have my latest model back at my apartment, if you're curious. Ruby sensed this was a ploy to get her alone with Danny, but she was also indeed curious. When they returned to Danny's place, he opened the door and turned on the lights, revealing what appeared to be a fully equipped robotics lab. Danny closed the door behind them. Ruby was relieved that he didn't lock it. A woman, Ruby's twin, entered from the bedroom. She was dressed in a flimsy negligee. Hello, Danny. Did you have a nice time with your friend? She asked in Ruby's voice. It looks like me, Ruby said, stunned. Yes, of course. This is my personal surrogate. You see, I'm not only the CEO and president, I'm also a client. The resemblance between Ruby and Danny's surrogate was unmistakable, though there were a few key differences. My, what big eyes she has. Yes, it gives her sort of an anime feel. A lot of men find that very attractive. Ruby's gaze fell onto the surrogate's chest. My, what big... Yes, well, as you mentioned before, there is a certain physical aspect that enhances the experience. It even has your personality. You see, I was able to scrape all of your social media with a machine learning algorithm. And thanks to the old laptop you gave to Grandma, you really should have wiped your hard drive. I had access to all your emails and text messages. That's all I needed to build a rather convincing AI model of you. Minus your irrational dislike for me, of course. Ruby was more than a little creeped out by Danny's idealized version of her. She felt violated. I think she's going to be our most popular model. You can't do that. I'll sue, Ruby threatened. No, you won't. I own the copyright and trademark on Ruby, too. My lawyers assure me it's all quite legal. But it's me. With a few minor changes, as you pointed out. Not the least of which is she doesn't call me demeaning and hurtful names or get her jock friends to stuff me in a locker. That was in high school, Ruby protested. You can't still be mad about a few pranks. No, of course not. I wouldn't have modeled her after you if I held a grudge. Unless I got some joy out of hearing your voice telling me how wonderful you think I am. There's no one better than you, Danny, the surrogate said, as if on cue. You're sick, Ruby said. 
Yes, well, I could be persuaded to shelve this particular surrogate model if I had the real thing at home. Dream on, Wolfenstein. You'll never have me. Ruby opened her purse and reached into the very bottom, where her hand grasped the grip of a pistol. She pulled it out and pointed the gun at Danny. Oh, come now, Ruby. There's no need to resort to violence. Killing me isn't going to solve anything. It's not for you, Ruby said. She swung the barrel of the pistol in the direction of the surrogate. No! Danny shouted as he charged her. They crashed to the ground and struggled over the gun. The shot was deafening. It was Friday. Ruby had bags laden with groceries and a large square flat box containing a pizza. She knocked on Grandma's door. Coming! Grandma answered from inside. After a moment, the door opened. Right on time, she said, pleased, standing back to take a good look at her granddaughter. Have you done something different with your hair? She asked. Your face looks different. I changed up my makeup. Do you like it? All that's important is that you do, dear, Grandma said, smiling politely. She gave Ruby a hug, then pulled away and eyed her granddaughter's breasts. Oh my, that dress is certainly interesting. New wonder bra, Ruby explained. Hmm, well, that is certainly a wonder. Did you bring my pizza? Danny asked as he waddled out of the kitchen. Of course, Ruby answered, handing him the box. Danny opened it to take in the smell, then scurried back into the kitchen to eat it. Grandma pulled Ruby aside. I know why you look so different, she said, grinning. You do? Ruby asked. You have a boyfriend, don't you? I can't hide anything from you, Grandma. Tell me, is he as wonderful as my Daniel? The surrogate smiled. Oh, yes, he definitely is. Thank you for listening to Ruby, written especially for the Bedtime Stories for Insomniac's fiction podcast by Ridge Hosek. Please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Rate us on Apple, Spotify, and Audible. And share these stories, as well as the unabridged audiobook versions of my novels, with anyone you know who enjoys audio fiction. Be sure to visit bedtimestories.studio, where you can sign up for our Insomniac's Snoozeletter to be notified of new episodes and exclusive offers, and get a free bookmark. You can visit richhosick.com to learn more about the host of Bedtime Stories for Insomniacs. Thanks again, and all the very best.